You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. We'll check in with the former New England Patriot, Rodney Harrison, on loan from Football Night in America. It's Mac Jones Week, unofficially Mac Jones Week, the standalone game tomorrow night, Patriots against the Falcons. And, oh, by the way, what would happen if the Patriots lost to the Falcons? What would we be talking about on Friday? Spending a lot of time, a lot of people talking about Steph Curry, now reclaiming the throne, best player in basketball, the leading candidate for the MVP. And Golden State goes to Brooklyn and takes down the Nets in spectacular fashion. Somebody's got to be the best team in basketball. Well, it's Golden State, at least for right now. And Clay Thompson has been given the green light to start playing five on five and let the games begin after uh, after Christmas. That's where I want to see where the Lakers are, where Golden State is. Is Kyrie going to be there? What happens with the Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks, 76ers? So still and a lot of uh, questions to be answered in the NBA. The uh, college football poll came out, and to no one's surprise, Cincinnati on the outside looking in. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, then Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. Notre Dame may look back on that loss. That game against Cincinnati could be as important as any game in the college football season because Cincinnati winning at Notre Dame is the reason why they're still in the, in the hunt in the conversation to be in the Final Four. If Notre Dame wins that game, Notre Dame is probably going to go undefeated. And Cincinnati would be out. And Notre Dame would be in the Final Four. We may look back on that and go, wow, because of that, maybe Cincinnati does get that chance to be in the Final Four. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Staples Center got a new name, and it's going to happen around Christmas time. I don't know how it happened that quickly. Like mid-season, Staples Center gets a new name, Crypto.com. Darren Ravel is on this topic, as only he can be, senior executive producer of the uh, Action Network. Mid-season name change to the naming rights to an arena? How does that happen? I guess, Dan, uh, Staples is not selling enough paper. Mm. I mean, I mean, they did a lifetime deal after they did a, a big deal in 99 when it opened. They did this lifetime deal. Um, and you know what? I think part of it, and this hasn't come out yet, they didn't they probably wanted out a little bit oh. and and crypto obviously these exchanges are going nuts and they have a lot of money and they're trying to compete and that's what happens um it's interesting to me because it's being reported as a 700 million dollar deal it's like 35 million dollars a year this is the first time i've ever heard that a company has paid more money for something that was already named, right? Because there's this value of like, are you still gonna call it the Staples Center? You've been calling it the Staples Center for 21 years. I guess crypto.com didn't think that uh, there was going to be people that were gonna be calling it the Staples Center and think there's real value. Well, maybe you call it the crypt. Right, but then you're not calling it (laughs) crypto.com. But I I don't understand the value of this, and and that's why I want to have you on. You can help me understand this, because I know when I did SportsCenter, I purposely did not mention a stadium that had naming rights. I just said, let's go to Baltimore, let's go to Chicago, wherever it might be. So how do you get your money's worth out of this? 
And where is that money going to? Is it just going to the Lakers' pockets and that's it, or is it improved yeah, things? It's, it's actually it's actually owned by uh, Phil Anschutz of Anschutz Entertainment. So it's AEG that owns the Staples Center. He is a part owner of the Lakers. Um, but you know what? I think it's always up to the individual company to make the value work, right? Like, so are they going to have like ATMs where you put in your dollars and then you get a receipt that you've turned it into Bitcoin? Uh, are they going to convert points into what the uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin price is? How do they do it? It's not good enough. I remember when when MetLife Stadium got its name and I was, I was doing this interview live on CNBC with the MetLife chief marketing officer. I said, how are you going to make this work? And he said something like, uh, you know, just give us a chance. And I'm like, you don't have a plan. <laughs> you don't go to like your CEO and say, the reason we're spending 20 million is this is how we do it. I guess at that point, he did not know. Then you're definitely wasting money. But uh, I think it's I think it's hard. Of course, everyone who invests in Bitcoin is applauding this. And everyone who, who just loves crypto is applauding this as just to go to show you that this is another way that we're big. I thought Shaq should have gotten involved and call it, you know, the Shaq. And, and, you know, people would have had fun with that. He's got enough money. I get Shake Shaq with Shaq and, you know, there you go. That that could work. Although Shaq is now uh, his big chicken franchise is probably oh. going against Shake Shack. Okay. All right. But you is, know, is, that's why you bring me on, Dan. I know all the deals. Like okay. if there's a conflict, I know all the deals. Okay. Will we have a day in our lifetime where Yankee Stadium is brought to you by Dodger Stadium is brought to you by? That's a tough one. I mean, uh, uh, we, we've gotten to Giha Field at Mile High. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know or or, or uh, at Arrowhead. I mean, it's, it's uh, it, it. You know, I think it would be something at Yankee Stadium. Um, but I think the Yankees would have to fall on hard times for that to happen. Yeah, but money trumps everything. It does. I mean, it if does. Staples is worth seven hundred million, what would Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium be worth? Nine hundred billion dollars. <laughs> uh, all right. So crypto.com, the crypt. What yep. could go wrong here? Uh, it could be like uh, Sponge Tech, which was sponsored was inside every uh, Major League Baseball and NBA arena. And then all of a sudden it was like a scam. But I'm not saying crypto is a scam. I would say that. Uh, maybe the business of crypto isn't as frothy as it is right now. And, uh, you know, that that's probably what could go wrong. All right. If I say Lone Depot Park, whose stadium is that? Is that the uh, Lone Depot Park? I actually don't know. Who is it? Marlins. Did not know that. Go ahead. Keep going. Globe Life Field. Texas. Yes. The Brewers. American Family. The the Cincinnati Reds. Brewers. Oh. Wow. This is this is the um, um, if Darren is this if Darren Ravel doesn't you know, <laughs> exactly exactly holy crap uh, holy first, crap first Energy Stadium. Uh, that is uh, the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Lumen Field. Don't and no idea. Never even heard of it. Seahawks. Okay. State Farm Stadium. 
Uh, that is the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Uh, TIAA Bank Field. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. All right. Okay, I did. I did okay, but listen, if I'm not a hundred percent there, yeah, you know, you, 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 I think the folks at Lumen are withdrawing their money right now. Tide Pods Field. That's fake. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is this the anniversary of the Michael Jordan shoe? This is so. This is the day in 1984 where Jordan walked on the court with the Air Jordans. He is pre. He previously wore Air Ships, which was uh, the shoe that was banned by the NBA, but not really. Nike used that. It was a black shoe with, with uh, you know, the red swoosh that um, that was that Nike then said was banned by the NBA, and that caused all the marketing. But yes, against Dr. J on this day in '84. Uh, he did wear the shoe. And by the way, there is no evidence in any article that anyone noticed it. Um, scored really? 16 points in a loss. Uh, but I collect tickets, and I think you guys have it. Uh, I have a ticket from that game. Yeah, um, I think we're showing it now if you're watching uh, on Peacock. Which is, which is, which is interesting because as people are collecting tickets, there's 23 graded tickets of Michael Jordan's debut on October 29th, 84, there's only three of when he showed up in the Air Jordans for the first time. So I kind of like, I kind of like it. Tickets, tickets, co- collecting tickets has, has certainly picked up in the last six months to a year. What would those uh, original Air Jordans go for? <sighs> well, the earliest known Air Jordans just went where he wore them in a game. I think it was against maybe San Antonio, his fourth game. Uh, that just sold for like 1.1 million bucks. So the first ever Air Jordans, I think that's probably three or four or five million bucks. What other tickets are valuable now? People love the debuts. You know, Mickey Mantle debut sold for more than 100000 The Wayne Gretzky debut sold for 100000 I think, you know, the scarcity on things are uh, of these are so uh, – There's the numbers are so tight, right? Because, like, what do you do with a ticket? Like, before, you'd put it on the bulletin board. You'd put it on a, in a scrapbook. But, like, how did you keep these things over time? Um so we got this week, we got Theismann's leg tomorrow. I have that ticket. Um, and then uh, I think on Saturday we have, I didn't give this to your boys. So hopefully you can see this one. Dan, what is this? 1982 Cal. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's it's a Cal Stanford. Oh, the, the band is on the field. The band is on the field. And there's only there's only four of these. And I have one of them. I mean, this is a, by the way, the, some of the good parts about tickets that you don't get on sports cards. McDonald's back the Bears. <laughs> like some of the old and obviously the more defunct, you know, if you get a Knicks ticket that has crazy Eddie on it, uh, you know, or the defuncts, you know, some of these uh, old ads are kind of classic. What's the uh, white whale that you're looking for? Uh, I don't I really don't want to say it, but <laughs> uh, no, but um, is it a what ticket is the- or a- uh, so, so I did manage to get the Randy Johnson pulverizes the bird game. Very rare, very rare because it was a spring training game. And there are only 3000 people there. I did manage to get that. 
Um, I'm looking for, I mean, I'm looking for so many. I did get, recently I got the Flutie Hail Mary pass. Uh, very, very difficult. Um, but there's, I mean, that's what's, it's a search, right? Like with cards, you go on eBay, you type it in, you go, oh, it's there. You know, um, I'm trying to think of like, what is the one? Oh, I did get the Lee Elia uh, uh, tirade from 83 you know the cubs when he when he when he's when he when he says to the fans like half the world is working the rest of you bums are on Wrigley field like can you imagine today that type of oh i i did get the dennis green rant they are who we thought they were and we gave it right away uh and i do ha- and i do i'm the only one it's the only one that graded i do have the uh mike gundy i'm a man i'm uh i'm 40 come at me i'm a man i'm 40 um so the uh okay i am looking i got it i got it i got it i am looking as part of my rant collection i am looking for the jim mora playoffs playoffs i'm looking for i'm looking for that um you you need help uh my wife you need help you need help um uh i think that's all i got for you all right it's great to talk to you. So I, I love seeing you. Thank you, buddy. That's Darren Ravel, senior executive producer of the Action Network and uh, Crypt, the Crypt there with uh, the Lakers. And then you run down these names of these stadiums, arenas, ball fields. We, we don't even know who they are. We don't know what they are. I just wonder what you're getting out of that. Like there, and there are other tickets that I think would be interesting. You know, Tyson biting Evander Holyfield. And do you get the ticket without it being ripped is another thing. I mentioned this before that I was slated to go to the Who concert in Cincinnati coming down from Dayton. And uh, we had what was called a magic bus where we were taking uh, winners down to go see that concert. We got there and we saw the ambulances. We saw that. There are people who died, the 11 people who died there. And I kept my ticket for the longest time. I don't even know if I have it anywhere, but it's not used. But, you, you know, that that tragedy there. But there's other tickets. The Miracle on Ice ticket would be certainly something interesting, I would say. Um, but there's so many tickets that you would go, boy, I wish I had a ticket to that. And I usually keep everything. I've kept just about every press credential I go back to the early 80s covering the NBA Finals. Uh, You know, whether it's Belmont or Preakness, stuff like that, boxing matches, Tyson, a couple of boxing matches there. Jordan, when he retired, I have my press credential for when I went to Chicago. They had a big ceremony. Then I sat down and interviewed him for SportsCenter. Um, But they're all over the, the doors that I have here in the man cave. I just kept all of those press passes and still have them. All right, when we come back, oh, the Jets are pl- – guess who the Jets are planning to start versus Miami? That'll keep you in your car. Also, the love for Mac Jones. Is Rodney Harrison buying into all the love for Mac Jones this week? He'll join us coming up 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Masterclass. Masterclass offers exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics. And they're all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. You got, didn't Steph Curry teach us how to shoot? Gordon Ramsay. I said to the Danettes, you want to learn how to shoot? You can either watch me or you can watch Steph Curry. It's awesome. 
It's so awesome how the way he breaks down, like just starting right at his feet. And he's like, see, if your feet are like this, you're going to miss. If they're like this, your feet have to be set like this. It's phenomenal. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons. So it's, it's, it fits into your life. Usually 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson. You decide when you want to use your phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or there's an audio mode that you can just listen. There's over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors. Gordon Ramsay's going to teach you how to uh, cook. Mariah Carey going to teach you how to sing. Wouldn't it be great if Mariah Carey taught you how to shoot and Steph Curry taught you how to sing? This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today. That's masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew, Mercedes-Benz vans build-equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. According to ESPN, Joe Flacco will get the start for the Jets versus Miami. Zach Wilson is not 100%. Flacco's experience likely a big factor in the decision facing a blitz-heavy defense. Yes, Paul? The Mike White era is over? We said that the worst thing that could happen to Mike White is he played another game after throwing for 400 yards. Right? Then all of a sudden it's like, uh, Mike White is who we thought he was. Now Joe Flacco gets the start. Rodney Harrison loved playing against quarterbacks like that. The uh, Football Night in America analyst, two-time Super Bowl champ, and hopefully on the doorstep of being a Hall of Famer one day. Steelers taking on the Chargers Sunday night football. Rodney joins us on the program. Rod, how are you this morning? Good morning, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm curious how Bill Belichick would defend Mac Jones. Well, he's a rookie quarterback, and just like most rookie quarterbacks, and you've seen the Baltimore Ravens, you've seen Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings, you've seen the Patriots do the same thing against Justin Herbert. So they don't care. These defense coordinators don't care how good you are, how good of a young player you are. They're going to show you different looks. They're going to try to confuse you. They're going to pressure you. And that's what you're seeing from a lot of these defensive coordinators going against young quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is one of them. And, you know, even Joe Burrow, you see these defensive coordinators trying to create confusion and um, get these guys to throw interceptions. And that's what they've been doing. Are you all in on Mac Jones? The love for Mac Jones? Yeah, absolutely. I've been like, I thought that was the still of the draft. I mean, you know, when Kyle Shanahan had an opportunity, I think at the three spot or whatever to grab him, I was hoping that he didn't get him. Because I'm like, this dude fits perfectly. I mean, for him to be able to go in from Nick Saban's system to Bill Belichick's system and basically just change jerseys and, you know, two very similar guys that do things a certain way, I thought it was a blessing. But do you see, and I know this is a dangerous comparison, but let me compare it to Brady first starting with New England, Mac Jones first starting. Is Mac ahead of schedule from where Tom Brady was? I think I think I don't know about 
all that. All I know is this, this is a young, good player. He's a guy that works hard. He puts his team first. He cares about winning. He cares about preparation. He cares about doing all the little things. And I think you see the, the Patriots are starting to come together as a team. All the fundamentals, all the little things that Coach Belichick teaches, these guys are starting to trust and believe in. And you, you're starting to see it. They're starting to win football games, Dan. Okay. This, this, let me just say this. This is a, a very good young quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's very tough on himself. And he stays in the moment. That's what they tell me. He's so focused and he stays in the moment that, you know, he's just he's just a really good, smart football player, and they love him. Why do you think the Niners decided that they were going to take Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones? Probably public pressure. I mean, everybody wants to get into this. I need an athletic quarterback. I need an athletic quarterback. Yeah, he could run around, you know, and do all these incredible plays at times, but you need somebody that can sit in the pocket, read the defenses, communicate to the offense, get everybody in the right position, and sometimes that's not sexy enough. A lot of these, you know, coaches, they fall pressure, you know, fall to the pressure of the public, man. And when you get a guy like Mac Jones, who's smart, who puts the team first, who does things right, I don't see how you can bypass a guy like that. And ultimately, when you make a, a decision like that, it can ultimately cost you your job. Look, look what's going on in, in Chicago with Matt Nagy. I mean, how many times does he get to screw up a quarterback situation <laughs> and keep a job? Well, he might have gotten this one right with Justin Fields. Well, it's not like they're getting it right because they still haven't done a good job of putting that's uh, true. offensive line in front of the guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's crazy. Well, that's why I always go back to Andrew Luckrod. And it, it's nice to have a $100 million quarterback, but if you got, you know, a 25-cent offensive line, then it's a poor investment. And I think Andrew Luck fell out of love with football. He was getting beat up. And he was still a very good quarterback, but he wasn't being protected. They finally got around to protecting him, and then he's like, I'm going to check out. I don't want to play anymore. And, and, and then think, think of this, too. I mean, just because you're a great football player doesn't mean that you want to play 20 years in the NFL. You know, guys have goals. Hey, I want to play 10 years in the league. I want to make my money, save my money, and move on and do something else. It's nothing wrong with that. And just because Andrew Luck was a household name, he's a big-time quarterback, he was a first pick overall, doesn't mean that he wants to stay in the league forever. You know, especially getting your brains beat out with a garbage offensive line. Is Ben Roethlisberger still a good quarterback? No. He's smart. You know, he can make, he can make some throws, but you can't depend on him. You don't know what he's going to give you every single week. I love Big Ben, and Ben should be in the Hall of Fame. I played against Ben. He's an ultimate competitor. But at this time and stage in his career, he's a guy that's leading those young guys. He's more of a mentor to him. But when I watch him play, he's, he's not very good. Is Brady better at anything now than he was five years ago? I think he's just really good at everything because, like, you know, when you talk to him, the rules have changed, which really helped the offensive players, he, you know, he has said, hey, man, defensive players can't do anything. The game's gotten easier. So the game has gotten easier because you can't put your hands on the guys. Anytime you throw it down the field, you bump a receiver, the flags are coming out. So he just always tells, hey, man, I feel so bad for you guys because um, you guys can't play defense anymore. How would you defend Odell Beckham? How would I defend him? Yeah. I really don't have to defend him if the if if this team's not throwing him the ball. He's a talented young man. 
And I talked to him when he was in Atlanta in the preseason, Dan. The kid just wants to play football. He's not into all this other crazy stuff that he was into before. He just wants to go out there and play football. And it's going to take some time to implement in the offense. But to me, like, how hard is it to throw Eldell back on the screen? How hard is it to throw him a slant route? How hard is it to tell him to run a deep dig at 12 yards and come inside? Like, to me... All you have to do is give him an opportunity. And these offensive coordinators are making it so difficult with a guy with that level of talent. Just throw him the damn ball. That's all you have to do and give him a chance. But you look at the Rams, they're going all in. They're trading people. And they don't understand. Like, it comes down to chemistry. If you you have chemistry on your team, you're going to have a chance of winning. And also, you look at Matthew Stafford. What the heck is he doing? Is this the Matthew Stafford that we saw in Detroit? Like, what's going on with him? You can't just drop back and throw the ball up for grabs. Like, who does that? Well, normally we didn't focus on Matthew Stafford playing an entire game because we didn't watch the Lions. Now he's on display, and now people are, you know, tuning in and watching these throws. And now you're playing on a bigger stage. The stakes are extremely high. Super Bowl or bust. And I think that's what I want to watch the second half of the season. And if they make it to the postseason, there's certain guys, when they get to the postseason, they become a different player, whether that's good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of pressure on Sean McVay because he traded, got rid of Jared Goff. And remember, these are the same dudes that gave Jared Goff over 100 million bucks. And then you get, then you give up the house and you're getting rid of players. You don't have a first round pick for the next three, four years. They better win. And the way Von Miller looked at times the other week, last week, he didn't look like, you know, the Von Miller that I'm used to seeing. So if I'm the Rams, I got a lot of question marks, and it starts with Sean McVay. Rodney Harrison, NBC Football Night in America, and, of course, won two Super Bowls with uh, the Patriots. Um, The defense being employed against Kansas City, what exactly is different this year than previous years of how teams are playing Patrick Mahomes? Well, before, I guess, teams, when they first didn't really know Patrick Mahomes, they came out and tried to blitz him and play man-to-man and all these different things. Most teams are just keeping two safeties deep and saying, Patrick, you know what? We know you want to throw the ball down the field. We're going to take away these these big plays down the field, and we're going to force you to go up and down the field, 8 to 10, 12 play drives, and see if you can stay patient enough to do that. And before, he said that was something that he struggled with. But like when I picked them, Kansas City against the Raiders, I just knew that Andy Reid would make the necessary adjustments. These, this is an offense that's been to the last two Super Bowls. Kansas City is going to be right there. I don't care how they're looking. Talk to Chris Jones. That defense is going to improve. But that offense is going to be right there at the end of the season, Dan. Where do you stand with the taunting rule with the NFL? I don't like it. I get it. I get it. You know, the rule is the rule, and players have to respect the rule. But at the same time, I've always said these are the best 2,000 players in the world. Like, come on, man. Like, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. You know, let them celebrate. Let them have fun. You know, that's what the game is about. Other players know because they've been on the receiving end as well. Like, we like to celebrate as players. And when somebody else is celebrating, you got to let them celebrate, give them their props, and keep it moving. But I just think the NFL needs to loosen up, man. This is, you know, this is the NFL. This is, We should be having fun, man. Shouldn't have to worry about no taunting. You didn't taunt. I didn't have to because, I mean, like, I hit you and hit you and <laughs> get back up and say, hey, I'm coming back to you. <laughs> hey, Dan, let me just say this, too. Um, let me just say this. Like, like, if somebody needs a shot lesson, they need to come to you. 
I mean, your jump shot is money. I remember us at Sam Flood's house, our yeah. old producer. We went out there for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, and Rodney was talking a lot, a lot of junk. And I said, Rod, like, I'll, I'll go out, but, you know, I'm going to I'm going to crush you. Like I got I was like <laughs> I, was, I was mad at him. And we went outside, turned on the spotlight. And I, I just I think I took a shot and it's in the air and I just kept walking to the house. I was so mad that you made me go outside. <laughs> I loved it. I'm the Tom Brady of backyard basketball. Man, let me tell you, I, we had some great times, man. I, 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 hey, I miss being in the studio with you too. Uh, oh, I had so much fun with you and and Tony. I mean, that that's what made that so much fun is, and you talk about this with chemistry as a player and and Tony as a coach. When you have trust in each other, it was just a lot of fun. And and you guys came in and had the right approach. You said treat us like rookies. We have to learn TV. And a lot of times people come in and they go, oh, I just put on a microphone and a suit and tie and talk. And uh, I just didn't want to sugarcoat it. I wanted to make sure you guys learned how to do it. And then you'd be teaching other guys who came in. So, you know, you guys listen. No, no doubt, bro. And we, we definitely appreciate it. And we would not have lasted. I mean, this is year 13 on that show. And, it, you know, wow. my role is a little different. I'm at the stadium, but... You know, to be able to do that show with you as long as I've done it and learn as much and absorb all of the knowledge and, and wisdom that you've given me, I definitely appreciate it. I know Coach feels the same way, Dan. What is it like, though, to be on the field and want to hit somebody? Like, do you get it? Is, it's awesome. Just like um, your boy I knocked out, remember it? Um, your, oh, McLovin. McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. <laughs> I destroyed him. Cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. Oh, my God. That was one of the great setups where we're like, McLovin's going to act like a quarterback, and then Rodney's going to act like he's going to hit you, and Rodney popped McLovin. That's a 15-yard flag if I've ever seen one in my life. No, that was not. That was clean. And and you know what? And It it was probably (laughs) worth a $20,000 fine, and I was fine with paying (laughs) How much were you fined in your career? A little over 300000 after tax. What was the one that was absolutely worth it? Oh, Jerry Rice. And you know what? It was amazing that they would find me a game check. And back then, I think the game check was a hundred and maybe twenty thousand dollars. So it was some really good money, especially from a kid coming from Markham, Illinois. That's a lot of money to give up. But Jerry Rice did that slant and I got a chance to hit him. And I tell you, Dan, I would have spent a half a million bucks on that just to get a chance to knock his freaking head off as much as I love Jerry Rice. <laughs> It was awesome. But but why do you want to light up Jerry Rice? Because he's the enemy. He's the receiver. All offensive players are the enemy. You know that. And I love Jerry Rice. <laughs> I mean, I got a chance as a young player to see him practice and practice against the San Francisco 49ers and his work ethic and discipline. But when it came down to that game, I was not afraid to, um, of Jerry Rice, and I wanted him to know my name. Did you need to get fined? Should you have been fined for the hit? No, I don't think so. I mean, if anything, <laughs> it, it should have been like a – but you know what, Dan? I had a reputation, and, you know, people at the front office really, you know, they had it – kind of had it out for me, and it was all good. Like I said, you can't miss something that you never had. But do you write a check to the NFL back then, or they take it just out of your – your is it like direct withdrawal? Well, they just – you just don't collect a check. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look at your bank account and you see all those zeros and then you see no zeros. <laughs> were, you, were you married at the time? 
Um, 98. No, I wasn't. I wasn't married, but you know, I had mom that I was taking care of and stuff like that. And I told her, I was like, mom, listen, I said, I got, Hey, I got some money. I got a little money. (laughs) And I, and I would have a lot more money if I didn't keep hitting guys. Hey, but you know what, Dan, you know, you can't, you can't slow a guy like me down. You know, obviously I have to play smarter at times, but you always want a young guy that's hungry, that's physical to, to kind of do their thing. But you couldn't play like that now. Yeah, and I probably would have lasted 20 years, too. I mean, think about it. The guys are getting paid a heck of a lot more money. You can't hit. Just watch when they play. They don't even tackle anymore. They tackle the football. They just tackle the football. And everybody tries to go for the football, and then the convoy just goes 5, 10, 15 yards right into the end zone. It's crazy. It's different the way they play football now. Yeah, and the role of the safety. Like, it feels like the role that – although Jamal Adams does play with the physicality there, but, you know, the days of Ronnie Lott, those are long gone, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, because, like, I see referees or officials calling flags, and it's not even a legal hit, but it's because of the severity of the hit, how hard someone hit. Now, you can hit the guy the same way, but if you kind of just hit him and lay him down, it won't be a flag. But if you just absolutely run through them, they're throwing flags from everywhere. And it's like, it has to be an egregious hit. It can't be just because it's a very physical hit you're throwing flags. Who was that running back when he came through? It was like, this is going to hurt. Brandon Jacobs, Jamal Lewis from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I was a young, young player with Barry Sanders. He juked me one time at the goal line, stuck his head down, ran me over on Monday Night Football, and ran me over. And that was my introduction to the league. And after that, Dan, I said, I'm going to do more squats. I'm going to get my legs stronger because he embarrassed me as a young player. Barry embarrassed a lot of people. Yes, he did. But it, it was fantastic, man. Hey, Tell everybody I said hello. Always great to talk to you. Hope family's great, buddy. You too, buddy. Good to see you. Thank, Thank you, you, Fritz. That's uh, Rodney Harrison, NBC Football Night in America, and uh, won two Super Bowls with the Patriots, and I believe one of two players, I mention this every time he comes on, with at least 30 sacks and 30 interceptions. The other player, Ray Lewis. Take a break. Back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. 67-65, second free throw, nugget off the front rim. Dickinson, the rebound, throws it down court, and that is it. 32 and a half years after Seton Hall lost in debilitating fashion in the national championship game, they finally get themselves a victory against Michigan, the first time Seton Hall has ever beaten a top-five non-conference opponent on the road as Seton Hall comes from 11 points down in the second half to win at Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor. They defeat number four Michigan, 67-65. Look out, world. Seton Hall has got it going on. 
That's courtesy of Learfield Sports, our Discover Moment of the Week. Real credit card questions require real people, somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. I don't know if Lookout World, that's Seton Hall, here they come. But you do get some of these upsets in the beginning of the year. I watched BYU against Oregon, and that wasn't close at all. BYU blew them out by 30. There's certain games where you go, okay, all right, that makes sense. You know, I was watching Howard against Villanova. Yeah, I had one of those nights where after Steph Curry was lighting up the nets, I'm like, what else is there to watch? And I started going through all of these college games, and I thought, all right, Howard. Haven't been to the NCAA tournament in 30 years. Let's tune in and see how they're doing against Villanova. I love DirecTV when they have that, you know, the, the, the sports channels. I think it's like 602, and then you just go, let me put it on the guide, and I just go down, and I go, all right, let me see. What do we have here? Uh, Duke against Gardner-Webb. Sure. Let me watch Gardner-Webb against Duke. Yeah, Paul. The announcer, though, made it sound like uh, Seton Hall beating Michigan in a November game makes mm-hmm. up for the – Loss in the finals 30 years ago. <laughs> All is well with Seton Hall fans. It, you know, it's still too soon when you talk to Seton Hall fans about the loss against Michigan. Seton you mean O'Connor. John Clockerty calling that garbage <laughs> foul? Yeah, I remember. It's funny because I all know. day yesterday I had Michigan fans just blowing up my uh, social media with video clips of that oh. game. They're like, dang, man, you guys suck. Ramil Robinson. Ramil Robinson. Yeah. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. John in Cincinnati. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Hey, DP. Well, I got a couple uh, points here or, or topics for you. So the, okay. the whole stadium sponsorship thing, being here in Cincinnati, you, back in the day we had Synergy Field. Yeah. I never really understood what my energy company needed to do. Like, I'm going to buy the electric. I don't, I don't, I don't have a choice. A lot of competition. <laughs> right. But, uh, but speaking of Synergy Field, September 11th, 1985, Pete Rose hit 4192. My family and I were there. And uh, my stepdad bought the tickets. He, was, he kept trying to like, get better seats all day. We ended up getting, well, I guess, air quotes, stuck with eight tickets that we now have that are untorn, oh, unused to awesome. the Pete Rose 4192 game. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, John. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw anything that – I went to the Rick Wise. Rick Wise hit um, a grand slam or two grand slams against the Cincinnati Reds. I'm trying to think what that – game was but i remember i might have been 1969 i i was at a game with rick wise and he he hit two home runs in the game maybe there was a grand slam in there and uh beat the cincinnati reds i was there for kenny holtzman's no hitter the cubs against the reds yeah mclevin 1971 two homers and a no-no yeah and you know what no-nos aren't any fun until around the seventh inning and then they get really interesting and that was the case when, you know, the Cubs were playing the Reds, and you're like, this isn't really interesting. And then all of a sudden, I remember Johnny Bench trying to bunt to get on. And I was like, this was – because this is a big red machine. Big red machine doesn't get no hit. 
And uh, Kenny Holtzman of the Chicago Cubs. Yes, Todd? If you're at the game, would you rather see the no-hitter be done one out in the seventh inning as opposed to two outs in the ninth where you got your hopes up all the way till the end and some little dribbler infield hit was run out or something to end the no-hitter? Oh, I'd rather have it go all the way as far as you can. You know, you get to the ninth inning, there's just something about it where you're just like, man, this is, this is awesome. And uh, I remember Tom Seaver would lose no-hitters in the ninth inning, one out, two outs, think he lost one Jimmy Qualls for the Chicago Cubs might have been a guy who broke up a no hitter for and usually it's a random guy yeah that's the guy yeah he's not going to get a hit and then ends up getting a hit and you're like that guy of all people by the way the uh, Tom Brady show man in the arena debuted on ESPN plus last night it's entertaining insightful it's maybe Tom's version of the last dance. I don't know. Man in the arena. I don't know if it'll have an impact like the last dance. I don't know if there's anything controversial there, but you know, Tom's got his fingerprints all over this. Yeah. McLovin, what'd you think? Yeah. It feels like the last dance, but nobody cares about it in the sense that like he didn't need like Jordan's was, you can explain to me why was Jordan's last dance. So controversial polarizing. This is the same kind of film I saw the first episode. Well, you had a new generation that, like, there's no separation with Tom. He's still playing. If, if this is 10 years from now and Patrick Mahomes has six Super Bowl wins, then, you know, does Brady put something out? Teammates talk about how great Brady was. Then maybe you have some controversy here. But there's no, unless Tom turns on Bill Belichick, there's no controversy here. I mean, think about what happened with the last dance. Mike... All of his stories, uh, you know, Dennis, his stories, Phil Jackson's role. You also had the Tony Kukoc, Scotty Pippen, Scotty with his contract that Michael made fun of. Uh, you know, Scotty has since come out and said that Phil Jackson was a racist. Like, there's, there's a whole lot going on there. And these guys were awesome. They were a dynasty. Yes, yeah, and it's not like there was really there probably hasn't been enough time for the legend of these things to keep building and building and building. I get like to say like the tuck rule game was a long time ago, but a lot of the people that were involved in that are still actively playing and coaching. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's a little too recent history in a way. If you went 10 years down the road with Brady and he talked about Deflategate and he talked about Spygate and he was honest about that and he talked about Belichick and he talked about Randy Moss or Julian Edelman or go down the list of things that maybe or opponents that he played against, then you might have something there. I think there might be a documentary in the works on Joe Montana, but I don't know if there's enough there where is Joe going to be critical of the Niners with Steve? Like, you know, do I want to watch a documentary with Joe Montana? No. Unless there's something that's there of substance, but there is a, a big enough separation from when Joe played, to reintroduce a whole new generation to Joe. Yeah, Paul. I kind of disagree with you guys. I'm glad there's a Tom Brady documentary. There's really no outlet out there to learn about him or hear about him on a weekly basis and <laughs> get Brady coverage. I mean, yeah. this guy is a hidden gem. Yeah, he's been quiet the last uh, year and a half. So, And yeah. plus, how can you get enough of the storyline of a guy overcoming yeah. uh, average... Yeah. Averageosity. Yeah. Averageosity. Averageosity. Average, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, McLovin. One takeaway last night, it was Drew Bledsoe was a, people forget, he was really, really good and he flat out lost his job. That was sort of the theme of episode one. And it's weird. Like, 
I don't know if you remember like your thoughts on that at the time, but it's kind of wild to think Drew Bledsoe as a pro bowler could lose his job. I remember after the Super Bowl win, and I remember having guests on that next day saying, is Tom Brady going to be the quarterback of the future for the Patriots? It was a real story because he wasn't great. He had one drive and Adam Vinatieri kicked the game-winning field goal. Yes, he Drew, Drew Bledsoe probably doesn't get enough credit for uh, how he's handled his role in Tom Brady's career. Yeah, right. He, that, that is a tough situation to be in that a lot of people could be really kind of nasty about. But he really accepts that place. You know what helps? He got paid over $100 million. Okay. That yeah. helps. That, uh, that does help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paulie. Brady in that Super Bowl, 2 against the Rams. He was 16 to 27 for 145 yards passing and a touchdown. Yeah. He did what he needed to do. When he needed to do it, kick the game-winning field goal. One hour left in this award-nominated program. Oh, our good buddy Nick Wright's going to join us coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. Aging can make it tough to lose weight and then keep it off. That's why M-Drive has come to the rescue. And a new product, M-Drive Lean. Powerful protein supplement for driven guys who want to lose weight, look good, and perform at their best no matter what their age is. M-Drive Lean is the first of its kind. Protein powder formulated with Morisil, which is a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, and body mass. It's weight loss backed by real science to help fuel your daily drive. Visit mdrivedan.com and try it for yourself. You get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. It's not easy to lose weight when you get older. Visit mdrivedan.com and try mdrive lean, shed the extra pounds, feel good, perform at your very best every single day. So that's the great combination. Lose weight and feel good. M-Drive Lean. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. mdrivedan.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. 